0: As we think about stories that Jesus told, this morning we take a look at one of my favorites. It's from Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four. Beginning in verse one it says, and again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in, in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, and since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain and other seeds fell into the good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold and he said he who has ears to hear let him hear and when he was alone those about him with the 12 asked him about the parables And he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom, but those who are outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive. They may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones that are along the path where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown in them. And these are the ones that are sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the Word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the Word immediately they fall away and others are the ones sown among the thorns and they are the ones who hear the words but the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things in it and choke the word and it proves unfaithful and those unfruitful and those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Our Heavenly Father, it seems the most obvious prayer this morning that the soil of our hearts, our minds, and our lives would be good soil and we would hear and perceive And obey your word. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It is good to see you this morning. I'm so glad we get to be in worship together. I'm so glad that we get to be a church family together. I'm so glad that we get to celebrate that hope is here in this place because of Jesus. And I'm excited about that this morning, and I hope that you are excited about that in these days as well. We take a look at Mark chapter 4 this morning, and as we get ready to take a look at Mark chapter 4, I want to just remind you that there was a time, there was a day, there was a experience before text messages just as hard to remember that now uh, sometimes in communication at, at our house we have to try to remember now Were we having this conversation in text was it a messenger uh, was it an in Instagram where was this conversation where do we find this conversation where is this because at any time we can reach out and we can connect to someone even when we're traveling even when we're far apart from each other we can connect anytime we want but that hasn't always been the case I remember when Susan and I were dating my parents lived in Venezuela they were missionaries and every once in a while I would go and visit them and because of the cost of it I would stay for a while and so it was probably one of the first trips that I took after Susan and I began dating and for some reason I remember the trip was about 17 days long and as we Left, as we went to the airport, and Susan dropped me off at the airport. Probably her parents went with us or whatever, but dropped me off at the airport. The last thing that she did is that she gave me a Ziploc bag full of 17 cards and letters. One for each day because it's really, really, she wanted me to be able to hear her voice every single day which was wonderful, except it made me feel really bad. I had no Ziploc bag to give to her. I would like, babe, I'll see you when I get back. But it was so great that in every one of those days, I could wake up at the beginning of that day and open up that card, open up that letter, and I could hear from the one that loved me. It was so fantastic of an experience. The good news that I have for you this morning is that the living Jesus regularly speaks to my life. The living Jesus regularly speaks to my life so that just as exciting as it was for me to open up a card or a letter every single day of that trip and say, the one who loved me is thinking of me today and has a word for me today. Here is the amazing truth and the reality. The living Jesus, the creator God, the one who died for you, the one who was raised again, he speaks into your life all of the time a message that is just for you. That is an amazing reality. Now, just for a moment, I want to just kind of think through about some of those ways in which he speaks to us. Uh, The most obvious, the foundational way in which he speaks to us is through his word. In fact, that's so important that we build our entire worship services around His Word. We have Sunday school small group Bible studies that meet and gather on Sunday mornings through the week because we want to hear from that Word. All of you have a copy of God's Word. You have it on your phone. We have amazing opportunities so that we can hear the recorded, written-down Word of God. Every once in a while something will happen and and there will be a little bit of difficulty someplace and you'll say to someone, I need that in writing. Can you put that in writing? Guess what? God loves you so much, he put it in writing and gave it to us. We have the opportunity for God to speak into our lives on a regular basis. Not only that, but for the believer, the spirit of God, the same weight of the Trinity that is Jesus, the Spirit of God, comes to live and dwell inside of every single believer. So there is an inside voice of God himself that speaks into your life. And that voice of the inside voice of the Spirit of God that speaks into your life will always be consistent with the Word of God. But there are times... When that spirit of God will tug on your heart, direct your heart, pull you back, push you forward, strengthen you, whatever it may be, but there is the live presence of God living inside of you who speaks to you. How awesome, amazing, incredible is that? Not only that, but we are also surrounded by other believers who in terms give us testimony, and encouragement that point out what the Word of God has said in a new light, in a fresh way, in an application, in, a, in a, the canvas of their lives. That They can say, you know, I went through a circumstance, a situation this week, and this is what the Word of God, the Spirit of God pointed out to me, and I just want to tell somebody about it. And in that same way, we get to hear the voice of God in a fresh way. It's an amazing thing. The good news is that the living Jesus regularly speaks into my life. But that also comes with a mystery. And here's the mystery. Why do two people hear the same thing and have two different experiences? Why is it that the Spirit of God speaks alive through His Word, through His Spirit, through the testimony of people around us? Why is it that the Spirit of God is heard by two people and have two completely different experiences? I have to be a little bit honest. This is a question that your pastor asks every once in a while. How is it that that, that the Word of God can be presented and somebody just shrugs? Shrugs. Did you hear what he just said? And one person says, man, that's amazing. And the next person says, eh, I wonder what time lunch is. Uh, How is it that two people can hear the exact same thing and have a completely different response to it? And so sometimes as your pastor, and I think sometimes you do as well, a couple people in your life that you look, why don't they get it? How can they miss it? It's a question you might have asked. There may even be a time that you may even ask the question, why have I missed it? Why, why, why don't I get it? Maybe you're the person who's sitting in church and the person next to you is like, wow, that was great, that was amazing. Did you see what it said? And you're like, I don't get it all I did is sat in an uncomfortable chair, nothing against our chairs, all I did is sat in an uncomfortable chair for an hour. I didn't hear anything. I didn't get anything. Uh, Why why don't I hear anything? So the question is out there, the mystery is how do two people hear the same thing from the same God and have two completely different experiences? How does that how, How do they miss it? How do I miss it at different times? At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in the front end of his ministry, Jesus speaks to this. He has a group of disciples that are around him, a group of people that have kind of bought in quickly and said, We hear you. Crowds are starting to gather. But at the same time, Jesus is preparing them for the fact that some people are going to get it and some people are not going to get it. In fact, in this passage of Scripture, in Mark chapter 4, he makes a statement, and this is in the middle of the chapter, between the two sections on the seeds. He says, there are some people that just can't get it. There are some people who can't get it. There are some people that if they hear it, it don't matter. There is a wall, and they are not going to get it. I got to tell you, it's a, it's a tough couple of verses there to think through and understand. Because basically, Jesus says they can't get it. Now listen, in my preaching, teaching, and understanding of the word of God, it is my belief, it is my conviction that if you have ever drawn a breath, you are a candidate for the word of God. And you are fully capable of responding to the word of God. But in this passage of scripture, there is this statement that says they're not gonna get it. They can't get it. And then he tells the story about the seed. And as he tells the story about the seed, he is dealing with this question that is, what keeps us from getting it? What keeps us from getting it? If God speaks into my life on a regular basis, if God speaks into your life and your life and your life, what keeps us from getting it? And he unpacks the story And the explanation of the story. One of the things that keep us from getting it, right off the bat, he goes straight to it, because that's what Jesus does. He says, one of the things that keep us from getting it is the hardness of our hearts, The hardness of our hearts. He describes this in terms of seed that falls on the path, on the hard ground that's been trampled down, that 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 is just the the footpath that, that is that is almost like first century concrete. Now, let's back up just for a moment as we take a look at this parable. Jesus explains this as the central truth in this parable. He says, the seed is the word. The seed is the word. It is the truth. It is the kingdom of God revealed. It is the word of God. Now, I struggled a little bit in, in this preparation because sometimes you don't like to go solo in an interpretation of Scripture. You know, they kind of say, if no one else is saying this, then you probably shouldn't either. And so I'm going to walk carefully on this. But I'm going to tell you that when it says that the word is, the seed is the word, do you know what the the Greek word for word there is? It is logos. Do you remember logos from John chapter 1? It says, In the beginning was the word, the logos. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So I want you to hear that this seed is a really big deal. It is the word, it is the truth. But I would also tell you that understand that Jesus is that word, Jesus is that truth. And so what we have here is that we have this seed, which is the word, the truth, Jesus himself. Now, you may not know this about me, but I'm not a farmer. But in Eunice, we lived around farmers, we were surrounded by farms you couldn't get to Eunice without driving through uh, the, the farms and and when you would drive on those two-lane roads in and out of Eunice in the in particular seasons you'd get behind one of these giant tractor combines and the combine would take up three lanes on a two-lane uh, highway uh, they, they, they were there and you were stuck behind that giant combine for as long as they wanted you to be stuck behind them and that was kind of frustrating But one of the things that I loved about being surrounded by all of those farms was the crop dusters. Now these guys were aerial acrobats. They would take these planes, these light planes, and I mean they would dip down out of nowhere and slide 10 feet across uh, that field, suddenly fly back up into the air, make a U-turn, come back around and go down. And these folks were just absolute magicians with what they did with the plane. Now, a lot of times, those planes had been programmed, the the, the dropping of the seed, the, the dropping of the fertilizer, the dropping of the things that they were dropping, mostly seed, was done with GPS and computers. But every once in a while, you would drive across a patch of the road that was covered with seed, Because something had gone wrong with the wind. Something had gone wrong with the GPS. Something had gone wrong with the computer. And the seed that the farmer had paid for for that field ended up on the road. I said, Kim Kim Fry was one of our farmers. You know, what happens? He says, then I lose money. Because that seed is never going to grow. It is on the hard pack of that road. Every one of those seeds is wasted because it's never going to penetrate and ever come to life. You see, the thing about it is is that seed on the path can never germinate. It it can never crack that soil. It can never crack that road. And what happens when it doesn't penetrate, when it doesn't crack the road, when there is a hardness of our hearts, it tells us, Jesus tells us, that Satan comes and he swoops it away. Now this is what's going to happen inside of our lives. We are either going to hear the word of God, the teaching of the word of God, And it is going to have a place to crack into our souls and into our life. Or Satan is going to come and sweep it away so that it will never have impact on our lives. You see, one of the things that keeps us from having an encounter with the Word of God is that for some reason we have developed hard hearts. And that can happen in seasons of our lives. It it can happen in seasons of our lives when, when we carry around with us some anger and some bitterness. It can happen in seasons of our life when we are just distracted by some other things, but there's just something that's going on that even when the word of God comes to us, it just bounces right off. And because there's never been a moment for it to crack the crevices of our life, Satan comes, and it just disappears. And we walk away and say, well, I didn't get anything out of that. I I never heard anything there. And I would tell you, it's because of the hardness of our hearts that the seed lands on a hard place, and it never gets to us, and Satan takes it away. But that's not the only story. There's no way in which we can paint with one brush and say anytime that a person's having trouble spiritually that here's the only reason why. Because Jesus also tells us that the seed lands in another place. And what he tells us here is that what keeps us from getting it sometimes is not just the hardness of our hearts but it's the hardness of our circumstances. And he describes this as the rocky soil. Now what's interesting in this passage, it looks good. It looks good tells us that because there is some germination, because there is some ability for it to crack the the surface, that there's immediately, there's a a little bit of burst. There's a little bit of growth. You can see, oh, it's growing. Something is happening there. It's fantastic, and and it's great. But then it tells us because there's no roots that it doesn't last. Because of the absence of roots. Beneath the ground is a hard surface. It's a rocky surface. Now, I'm gonna think just for a moment and and think about those roots. Again, I'm not a professional arborist, but, but but let's let's think about these roots. Roots take time. Roots are unseen. Roots are kind of a drag. If you have roots, you can't move around very easily. If you want to move a tree from one end of your yard to the other, if it's got roots, it's not going anywhere unless you hire a professional arborist. Uh, You are stuck, but those roots are also the place where the nourishment happens. The roots are the place that happen when we have soil that is receptive. I remember going on a missions trip with some of those farmers from Eunice and we went to Haiti and we were digging just a little bit of foundation space or around where we were gonna build some houses. You can't put a farmer in the dirt where he's not gonna look at this dirt, put his hands on this dirt, examine this dirt, and talk about the quality of this dirt. Boy, what I could do with this kind of soil. The roots matter. But but here's what's happening in this passage of Scripture. The reason why there are no roots is because there is rocky ground beneath the surface. In other words, the, the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, goes just surface deep, and then it hits existing things in our life that are immovable. Some convictions, some beliefs, some values, that one of two things are going to happen. Those roots are going to break through our pre-existing life. And the roots are going to take depth. Or those roots are going to bounce off parts of our life that we say I'm not changing. I'm not moving. I'm not allowing anything to go any deeper than here. In the passage Jesus tells us that what happens is that when there are no roots, that when the hardship and the difficulty and the persecution come, then we wither and die because there were no roots. Now, I need you to notice just Quick side note, I don't even know if it's central to the passage, but I want you to notice this. I want you to notice that it says that the hardships and the persecution come because of the word. Not because life is unfair, not because somebody's being mean, not because things are terrible, but because the word in our lives sometimes creates difficulties in our lives. It may mean that we don't fit in in the same way that we used to fit in. It may mean that we have to break up some of that rocky soil inside of our life and rearrange some things that we've been living the same way for a long time, maybe even for generations. And at some point in time, that's either going to crack and break. But I do need you to notice that the persecution and the hardship that comes sometimes comes because of the word itself. And sometimes someone will tell you that if you'll just follow Jesus, if you'll just be, obey the word of God, everything will be, the, the Greek word is hunky-dory. Everything will just be perfect. You, you'll be blessed from one ear to the other. Everything you touch will just turn to, to Bitcoin. It'll be fantastic. But the word tells us that sometimes the word of God, as it touches your life, is actually going to bring hardship and difficulty. And sometimes the hardness of our circumstances is what keeps us from growing. Probably one of the darkest times in history was the Nazi concentration camps. This, I mean, just darkness, just evil, It it, it seems as though we as a human race try to just stretch and see how evil we could get. Those are tough circumstances. But there's a mystery. As we read the stories of the people who lived through those events, we see two different things happen. Some people grow in their faith, people like Corey Ten Boom whose faith is transformed and rooted and cemented because they walked with God through those darkest of times. Other people walked through some of those same darknesses and said, I can never believe in God again. Now, I can't speak into all of their lives, but I can tell you that the circumstances are not the determinant for where your faith needs to be. Because no matter how hard your circumstances are, God can be heard and lived and held onto in that place. In fact, I would challenge you this morning, I would challenge you this morning to make a statement that said, no matter how hard my circumstances get, I'm not letting go of my faith. No matter how tough this gets, no matter how dark this gets, no matter how much my life is touched by evil, I will not let go of my faith. There's another seed, two more seeds actually, but, but another seed, and this is, Another reason why some people don't get it is we talked about the hardness of the hearts, the hardness of our circumstances, and then number three, it's a surprise. It's the goodness of our circumstances. You know, sometimes we lose our faith because life is really, really hard. Jesus also tells us that sometimes we lose our faith because life was really, really good. It was cushy. It was easy. It was blessed. Everything was falling into place. Now, this is the path. This is the section where the seeds fall into the thorny soil. And as I'm looking at it, thorny soil, we got the hard soil, we got the path, we got the rocky soil, we got the thorny soil. Ooh, thorny soil. That sounds terrible. I don't want to land in the thorny soil. Well, what what is gonna be the thorns? (laughs) And he says it's the stuff of this world. (laughs) It's the stuff from Amazon. all of Amazon, that's the thorns. It says the deceitfulness of riches. It is the things of this world, the desires for the good stuff that we just plain get distracted. I thought the thorns were going to be terrible. He says, no, it's the good stuff you've been chasing. It's the things that distract our soul. It's the things of this world. Let me tell you about what kinds of things. There, there are things that we would call important things. I don't really have time for church. I don't really have time for, for my faith. I don't have time for the word because I've, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and, 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 and my job is just so busy and I've got so much going on and my kids have got to be here and the kid, all these things are so important. And those just become distractions it's not just the important things but it's the good things (laughs) it's the play things I don't want to get too specific on this but it's the things that you've been dreaming and saving up for sometimes going in debt for just to have fun I love fun hear me I love fun But the truth also has to tell us that fun and those playthings, if they fall in the wrong place inside of our hearts, can also be part of the reason why we miss the word of God and the seed doesn't multiply inside of our lives. It's the important things. It's the playthings. It's the self-sufficient things it is those times that we just take a look at it and say, man, look what I've done. You know, I'm a pretty smart person. I've worked really, really hard. I've made some good decisions. Look at me. Now, you might not say that with such arrogance, but you say it in such a way that says, this is what I did. Look at the things that I can get done. And when the goodness of our circumstances lands in the wrong place in our hearts, it will choke out the word of God in our lives. I'm not saying this to heap on any guilt. I'm only saying this because Jesus said it and I gotta tell you what he said. But I'll also tell you that probably most of us have kind of felt this as an experience in our own lives to be true as well. That the goodness of our lives can be just as distracting as the hardness of our lives. So what's the now what today? Well, the goal is to be the good soil. The productive soil that that multiplies 20, 40, 60, 100 fold. So that there's profound influence when the word of God, the spirit of God comes inside of us. It has dramatic impact on our lives. If you take a look at the passage, there's a difference in the verb tense. In the first three, it says that they heard the word and it's a one-time event. It's a past tense event. Basically, it went in one ear and went out the other. But for the good soil... It's present tense. They continue to hear the Word of God. It stays in them. It dwells in them. They keep listening. I'm a list maker. At the end of the year, I was trying to make a list. You know, what were some of my favorite books of the year? What were some of the favorite places that I went Uh, I I could make a list what were some of my favorite meals of 2020. I don't know if the old 87 restaurant in Clayton, New Mexico was my favorite meal of the day, but I always do like a two-handed hamburger. And it certainly was the best meal when I didn't expect much. And there we were in this little, no offense to the folks in Clayton, New Mexico, watching at home right now. There we were in this little podunk place. And I mean, the fries were great. The hamburger was great. In fact, you see, the hamburger was so cheesy that the the French fries are sticking to the hamburger. You can't get them apart. Boy, that's a great meal. That's That's a fantastic meal. Now, that was like the second night of our trip. It was a great meal. But you know what would have been so, what would have been kind of odd, is if the next day we kind of came around to lunchtime, and Susan said, well, what are we gonna have for lunch? I said, no, I'm good, I had that great meal yesterday. Not every once in a while we can eat such a meal that's so great that you know yesterday's meals, you know, I don't need that. But if dinner kind of rolls around, and Susan said, man, I know you, you, you like that, that burger, she said, but I had the side salad that day. Um, you know, what, what, are we, what are we doing for, for dinner here? Oh, no, no, no. That, that, that burger was so good. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next week, and a month later, and what if that hamburger at the end of June was the last meal I ate this year? Okay, spoiler alert, it, it wasn't. <laughs> But what if it had? What if I tried to live off of that burger as great as it was and said, for the rest of my life, that's it. It was so good. Who needs more? Let me tell you, my friends, when it comes to the Word, the voice of God in our lives, you know who needs more? Me. Me. No matter how great your last meal was, no matter how great your best spiritual feeding ever was in your life, do you know who needs more? Me. Do you know who else needs more? It rhymes with me. What is the now what? Expect that there is another word for your life because the living Jesus speaks into our lives regularly. And I would encourage you to pray for a soft heart. Pray for a soft, soft heart so that when the word, the spirit, the testimony comes to you, it it breaks that soil, it cuts through that rocky ground, it eliminates some of those thorns. And the Spirit of God can speak into your life because you have asked and cultivated and broken up the ground of your heart so that there is a soft soil ready to hear from God. Well, one last thing that I'll say. Super practical. When God speaks to you this week, would you pay attention to it? When God speaks to you this week, would you write it down? When God speaks to you this week, would you put a note in your phone? And let me give you one more. Would you not only write that down on paper, would you not only put that in your phone, but maybe put a reminder on your phone That says, this is the truth that God gave me. And schedule that reminder to show up a week later on your phone. Just to remind you. That's what he said and he hasn't changed his mind. Schedule it for three months from now. Schedule it for a year from now. And say, this is what he told you. Don't let it go in one year and out the other. Or year and out the other year. Let it stick in your life because you hold on to it. Let's pray.